It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. now. Ah, KT on a throwback Thursday. Isco and Krivsky in studio. Bob Bueller, voice of Boise State, joins us. Top of hour number two. Talk a little Broncos, Mountain West football. Looking forward to that. Mark Hoke, of course, running the show behind the uh, glass. And uh, in a good mood, a festive mood. We'll hear a little anthem music a little bit later on, sometime in hour number one. And we'll talk a lot of baseball, get you caught up on what's going on in the big leagues. It is fun to watch the Little League. You know, not the World Series yet. It's not in Williamsport, but just the regionals going around and teams trying to get there. And tomorrow night, a team from Henderson, Nevada, can get there with a W. How big will that be for the Vegas Valley? Be uh, focused in on that game. I think it's tomorrow. I'll have to check the time. AI maybe can check on that. I wasn't sure if it was noon or 2 o'clock, somewhere in that neighborhood. But I will not miss that. It is big time as far as Henderson, Nevada, having an opportunity. If we can get that team to Williamsport You just never know. PSBR Law Studios, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Of course, last night, Steiner's Pub over there, 1750 North Buffalo, one of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. But PSBR Law, the best in personal injury for a long time in Southern Cal, and now year number four here in the Vegas Valley. Over $4.5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last four and a half years. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. Panache, Boyle, Rabaputi, PSBRLaw.com. 702, you got that down. 830-9353. You may need that number for... uh, future reference for personal injury, so jot it down, 830-9353-830-9353. Wayne Krivsky, great to see you on a Throwback Thursday. Great to see you, Ken. Looking forward to a good show tonight. There you go, so you should probably go elsewhere. Andy Isco, great to see you as well. It's pretty good to see you too. There you go. I'll take that. That's good Zeus. for me. Yeah, there you go. And then, of course, uh, we've got the producer back there chomping at the bit, waiting to uh, you know, get a word in edgewise, because I was talking with Krivsky earlier today, and he was shoveling dirt on the Orioles because they had dropped two in a row to the Astros. And, of course, Krivsky's got the Astros as one of his two teams, along with the Texas Rangers, to win the American League. Hoekster, I uh, didn't see the same chipper attitude from Mr. Krivsky when he walked in. He nearly squandered an opportunity to have his little Debbie's peanut butter bar over there, but we let him have it anyway. But Mark, why did Why did you do that? Well... We, we felt sorry he for him. He didn't deserve it. No, he didn't. And he already had a crumble cookie. And meanwhile, Don is probably listening in. What happened, oh. to, the, uh, what happened to the Georgia creations? I mean, the, You ate them all. Well, I mean, don't you get any? You used to have pull. I do. I still no, do. No, you don't. Any yes, longer. I absolutely do. Is she making Oreo cookies for us? She said she was going to make Oreo cookies. Yep, nice. with the big O. With there the, you go. Yeah, the orange O. 
Wow. And script, yeah. She said she can the do it. The big O. Wow, yeah. the big O and Krivsky in the same sentence. That She's could, probably that, listening. That's unreal. Yeah, with a picture of Shaq. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> oh, you, I hear you and Shaq. Did you get any you bigger than Shaq. that? Yeah, you and Shaq are tight now, too, well, I Well, you know, it is kind of cool to have the big... The and big you broke out that you business. broke out that three point shot for him. Eleven well, actually, out of twelve. You know That's the unreal. Eleven thing. out of twelve. You believe yeah, in I, that, Andy? Eleven out of twelve today over there at Lifetime Fitness from a yeah twenty three twenty four feet out. And I told Krivsky because Krivsky's a doubter and Hoekster's a doubter and I'm Isco's a, skeptic. a doubter. Well, first off, you know the last time Isco's been in a gym, I think that was like the, in the seventies. So it'd be nice 1870s. to get Isco eighteen seventies exactly with Grandpa Munster. Hoke, there's no telling the last time this guy was in the gym. Well. He so, was supposed to be there during his break in between shows, but that's gone by the way. So. Yeah, I've been doing all the work for the Mark Hoke show and putting up all these great clips. By the way, Ken, yes, I thought I'd surprise you here real quick. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Because when I was doing research for my show, all right, I found a clip of you. Oh no! Oh no! No, oh, come man. on! Now this can't be a good clip because that's why you brought it not. up. It's an embarrassing <laughs> clip for the Grinch. Good clip. Ken, and now I'm now now Ken. I'm no longer going to go as the Grinch because no. Shaq called me Zeus. No, this is awesome, Ken. I right, I, I found a, a clip of you in a wrestling ring. Are, are you ready? <laughs> this is great. <laughs> are you ready? Wait. I can't wait. Here go we go. Here right. we go. Hulk Hogan. Right now, no. Zeus has him at his mercy. <laughs> <laughs> wow! He just snapped the champ's neck. Why are you, Hogan could be the first one eliminated. Why, why are you doing that to Hulk Hogan? Wow, Hulk you know, Hogan's younger brother. Back in the day, that was good stuff. All Zeus, man. That is great. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was, no doubt. Uh, you you looked a little different then. Yes. Uh, I think he's growing a mullet. What do you think, Mark? No, it's only I think I, it's a mullet he's got working. It's only here I put it behind the ears when I, you know, to make uh, it look uh, a little more tame. You're trying too hard. My wife tells me how disheveled I am when I'm. When I'm out she's there, like, really she'll good. see me at the gym. She's like, oh, she, God. She's so sweet to call you. You're lucky that's what you get called. Disheveled. Disheveled. Yeah. That's a compliment. Yep. That would be bum. Well, her her, uh, her thing was the, when she first, when Christina first met me, because we met on eHarmony like uh, back in 2014, and it was March Madness. So that's been when I'm doing the show at the Palazzo Legacy Stadium. And so they had all these you know, posters of me like all over, right? So Christina flies in and she sees all these signs of me and then she's down there waiting at this. And she, you know, then after everything transpired, she goes, I was misled. I go, now you're Mrs. Led. Isn't it great? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Great stuff. But yes, yeah, in fact, that was. She had no idea what she was getting she, in for. Exactly. <laughs> she's still. She's a, still. She's still calling for buyer's remorse. But she's. A, she's, she she's a long. saint. She's a saint. <laughs> she is. Yeah. No question. A, yep. Her and uh, her and Derek Carr and uh, Foster Morrow. <laughs> yep. The Saints. They're going to go marching in. Mm-hmm. All right. Should be a fun show. But uh, Bob Bueller, voice of Boise State, going to talk a little Mountain West Conference football. Andy Isco, have you done your Mountain West research already? Not yet on the Mountain West. Still working on the uh, Power Five, what remains of them, although this year they'll be what? Power Two. Well, well it's the Power Four and Four. Well, this year, four, correct. Four, right. No, yeah, yeah you got the four got the, I'm a year ahead of myself. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I would, the, the, the thing that would make sense, even though it would be a drop in class for Oregon Cal State, Stanford. Wa- yeah, Oregon and, State, Washington State. What about Cal Stanford? Do you think they'd go to the Mountain West? What choice do they have? I mean, are they going to join a group of five conference? Well, well that's AC- what the Mountain West is. Well, Kriv, but they're one of the better ones. Kriv's a Duke graduate, and how weird was that? That Cal and Stanford ah. were talking to the ACC. How ridiculous would that the be? The whole discussion is depressing. You know, once USC and UCLA move to the Big Ten, 
geographic distinctions mean absolutely nothing anymore. Now, the, uh, you have to consider, what's the effect on the athletes traveling across country during the school season? Right. Probably going to have to make uh, two-game road trips in football where you're going to play two games, say, at a Big Ten venue, then come home and host a couple of Big Ten and spend teams spend the week in between in at that venue, right? They yeah. won't go, go, go back and forth. But it's the other sports, Crib, the yeah, smaller sports. The smaller what about, you know, what about baseball? baseball? You, you what if baseball? Stanford has to drop baseball? Because they're not a member of a, you know, a major conference anymore. I can't see that, Craig. That's no, too that's, big a program. It's too big a program. They'll figure out a way. I want to say Stanford has probably hosted a regional or super regional. Many. For, yeah, for at least, I'd say, 10 of the last 12 years. I would say that's accurate. Yeah, so that's, and Oregon State's a heck of a baseball yeah, program, they are. too. Yeah, they really so elevated is Oregon. themselves. Yeah, so is Oregon. Yeah, Oregon State. Arizona yeah. has been a good, solid Arizona program. Arizona State for many years. ASU. Yep. It's a good USC, baseball conference. USC back in the day. Reggie I mean, and Barry. Time, yeah. UCLA. Yeah, so it is tough. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I wasn't – and Hoekster brought up a good point last night because I was on USC, you know, being an SC fan, but they were the first one to say, okay, Big Ten, you know, and it was a package deal for UCLA. Because if UCLA says, all right, we're going to go – we want to go to the Big Ten, Big Ten's like, so what? Who cares? We don't want you. When it's a package deal, USC and UCLA, but USC had to be the kingpin to go. So you get those two, that really starts the domino effect. Because if USC doesn't leave, they're still the team like the New York Yankees of the Pac-12, right? Love them or you hate them, but you're going to be gunning for that team. Whether you're Oregon, Utah, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State, you're going to gun for USC as far as in football. Yeah. Well, certainly when you look at the sports, you got UCLA in basketball, right. with their tradition. You got USC in football, and you know. You, all you need to do, know is that the Pac-12 no longer has a presence in the third largest market in the country, Los Angeles. Yeah, it's a shame. Hoekster, weigh in, man. It's good to see you on a throwback Thursday. Yeah, what's going on? Uh, how about those Oreos, buddy? Yeah. Oh, nice, beautiful W. You know, Batista, Batista got a little little crazy again tonight. That's okay, though. Krivsky's not a fan of Batista, are you? Oh, he's had a heck of a year. I, 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 uh, but he's got five or six blown saves now, and uh, no, nah, he, he, he's done a great job. I just, I'm afraid of him holding up the rest of the year and in the postseason. How about the slump the Angels have had since the trade deadline? Yeah. Estevez has gotten blown up a couple of times. I think he got the save last night. Uh, yeah, they've, they've, won two, they've won two in a row, so they, they really need to get yeah, they yeah. need to get on a winning streak because yeah, after that trade deadline, the deals that they made, including keeping Otani, seven straight they dropped. Yep. And when you start losing to the and team, they're at, and they're at Houston this weekend, right? But they started losing to Seattle, and at that time they were only a half game behind Seattle. They lost four in they, a row, and they blew yeah. that game against Seattle where they had the two run lead going to the ninth. We were on the air the that night yep. when Estevez what. First seven pitches were balls, right. one-run lead. So we'll see how that pans out. Now, I do know some people laid the run and a half with the Dodgers tonight with Kershaw on the hill. one nothing Colorado, bottom five in L.A. Kershaw went off a minus 380, 390, up to 400 at Caesars. You know he's only going four or five, probably. Wow, big price. There you go. Well, he's gone five so far, still in there. All right. How many pitches, Andy? You got that? I'll say 65. Very good. 67. Okay. 45 See, I didn't go over, so I get both showcases. Yes. <laughs> no, you had to be within $1. No, too. within two. You, you know the rules. No, it's Come $1. On See, Hulkster's like one of the Russian judges back in the day. Yeah. We, don't, we don't use them anymore, but no, uh, we can't. Well, actually, the showcases were $100. There you go. But, so but, there. but one. What? You can't do that. I just did it. No, you can't. Who's hosting If you the could show? be within 100 on pitch counts. 
All right. Oh, they threw one pitch. Hey, I'm right. All right. Come on, Ken Thompson. All right, you're right. Let's go, Ken, Zeus. That's what I was going to say. Ken Thompson is not right. However, Zeus might have another opportunity to uh, weigh in here. Yeah, this is uh, this is good. Things so, are going to be changing you, here. You are not, not radio. So, where's your next haircut scheduled for? You got here's the 2026. Thing. I, I literally yeah. no. That's the thing. I literally was about to go get the hair trimmed. Samson or Zeus? And, and the first time I saw Shaq at the at the gym, he goes, "Ah, you got the best hair in the gym." So I said, "All right, I'm." Not getting that haircut, so I put it off. Three weeks later, I meet the Shack. He comes on the gotta show. Gotta love Shack. Calls me Zeus. Shack's and the I'm best. Dead. Shack's he, the best. He he is. Gotta love Shack. And uh, wait, so Crib, let me tell you because you didn't hear the show, you didn't hear the clip. So I go, all right, Hoekster, and Hoekster had asked him one question during the the interview, and I go, all right, Mark, you got last question for wrestling Shaq. question? No, oh. he asked him about the you know the big chicken that he owned. When can I get a free chicken sandwich? Uh huh. And then I told Shaq, I go, here's a guy that's never missed a meal, Mark Hoke asking you. For... And Shaq was cool with it. And he goes, oh, I do know the owner. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, pl- I gave him a free plug there you go. for Big Chicken. Yep. And I'm sure he appreciated Where, that. Does he have a franchise? Is that he owns oh, the. Yeah, uh, he owns that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's his. And it is good chicken. Is it too. in the Southeast? I know he lives no, in Atlanta. Have one out here. Oh, all, there's one here. No, there's a bunch of them. Okay. I think it's like, I want to say four of them. Wow. Out here, yeah. It's I good think stuff. it's for what's it called? Big chicken. Big, Big chicken. chicken. Why well, I, I had the first time I went there was over by Thomas and Mac because I was there for <clears> a uh, a conference and it was right there in the vicinity and that was the first time I had that. By the way, one thing I got to say about the big chicken over on Tropicana, I haven't been to the other ones, but you know it's in there, Ken, and I think you might actually might appreciate this. What's that? There's an NBA Jam arcade style machine in there. You remember NBA Jam? Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. Where I, I mean, I lost a lot of tip money to NBA Jam at Godfather's Pizza in college. But I saw that when Amanda and I went in there, and I swear to God, I just, I lost my mind. There it goes. Amanda's, I lost my mind. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> Amanda's allowance. He's Adam. on fire. <laughs> <It's gone. laughs> I will say this real quick. Back in the Navy days, boot camp. So those are, and those that know Navy boot camp, you know all about the big chicken because I had nightmares about the big chicken. Now, big chicken, that was a flag that was awarded to the company that had the most flags. So you would go through boot camp and you do all this stuff as, as a company and you would try to accumulate flags, right? And naturally, the more flags you get for different, dip, different things throughout you know, your days in boot camp, getting scored on this and that. So you get a flag when you're one of the... So our sister company, that's what they call them, but the one that we did a lot of the, the, the drill stuff with, they had like 20 flags. We had six. We were like McHale's Navy. We were an absolute joke. And so what happens when you hit that, I forget how many it was. I think you have to hit like 16 flags, 18 flags, and you get, they give you a drum, and you have the little snare drum, and you also get the big chicken flag, and it's got this big giant chicken on. And what that does is give you the power to cut line at Chow Hall, so you don't have to wait in line. Now I'm talking; you're thinking that's no big deal. Oh, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal when it's 60 below zero in Great Lakes, Illinois, in the winter, and you're standing in line at 5:15 in the morning, and then all of a sudden you hear you're almost there, and you got the flag, and you hear. No, we're we're the company that doesn't have the flag, and oh. we're here. We're hearing the drum, and we're like, "Oh no, the big chicken's coming!" Like they're going to cut our line, and that's going to be another eighty guys that we got to wait now to get inside. But the rule was, you just had that one guy from your company get in there, and they couldn't cut you. And man, you you're never trying to get so fast in. You're trying to like 
move the company that's in front of you. Come on, man. We're, and they're like, they don't care because they're already in, and it doesn't matter when they get in. And you're hearing that, and they're coming right there. A couple times we got in just in time, but a couple times they did cut us the big chicken. Nightmare. And uh, that, was, that was a solid company. But our company commander, man, I took Norton was his name. And he had the, he had the, the guy was not like Norton from uh, uh, Honeymooners. Honeymooners. Yes, but this guy, Sergeant was Carter. He was, this guy was a big time. From Gomer he, was, he was a San Diego guy, but he was big Sergeant time. Schultz. He had the Jeep. He had the no. Jeep and his personalized license, but Bigfoot. I mean, it's one of those high, like the tires off. The, and he was a really cool guy. Now, if you screwed up, he'd let you know about it. We'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll get you caught up on the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Plenty of baseball. They've gone to the sixth. Colorado won. Dodgers nothing. One NFL game going right now. Vikings 10-7 leading at Seattle. Two-minute warning first half. We'll get to the other game, which is final, as we had two preseason games. And that is it. That's the only uh, action right now going. We do have extra time in the first of the ladies' quarterfinals, World Cup. And, of course, the USA knocked out. But this is Spain and Netherlands. Spain in the 80th minute on a penalty kick, a 1-0 lead. Netherlands tied it in extra time. I mean, in uh, stoppage time. And they are in extra time right now. They'll play 30 minutes of extra time. If nobody scores, then they'll go to the shootout. So we'll keep you abreast of that, the first of four ladies' quarterfinal games in the World Cup. And they're going on in, of course, New Zealand and Australia. We are live from Vegas PSBR Law Studios, 101.5 FMK Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Mark Hoke takes us to break. Do not forget the Mark Hoke Show, the best in professional wrestling, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here. And uh, don't miss any of the archives. They have them all, all over the Odyssey network, and all you have to do is use that rewind feature. We're live from Vegas. We'll be right back. A little Zeus reference over there. Good stuff, hoaxer. And uh, I will tell you that Matt Scannell, who is uh, singing that song right there, Vertical Horizon, made it into studio one night. Wow. Great. Check this out. And not only did he make it, he shows up there at Legacy Stadium. He's got like a little suitcase and two guitars. He got right. He didn't even go to his hotel and check in. He knew the interview. He didn't want to be late. He didn't want to go to another hotel, put his stuff in, and then come back. And uh, he stayed the whole two hours there, and we had a great show. Matt Scannell, Vertical Horizon. So good stuff. And uh, we are rocking and rolling here. Still one nothing as they've gone to the bottom of the sixth. Colorado leading the Dodgers. Only game going in the big leagues. 10-7 Vikings, 26 seconds away from halftime against Seattle. They've gone to the second 15 minutes of extra time. Ladies quarterfinals, game number one. Netherlands and Spain all tied at one. If nobody scores in this 15-minute uh, session and they will go to penalty kicks and we'll find out which team advances and I'll get you the other uh, games as far as lined up and don't forget Bob Beeler voice of Boise State will join us top of hour number two Uh, but baseball is hot and heavy now Criv and you have again the Astros and the Rangers of course both acquiring Mets pitchers in Scherzer for Texas and Verlander for the Houston Astros going back to Houston and, Kriv, you were feeling really good about yourself, but still feeling pretty good with those two entries. You wouldn't trade for Isco, Seattle, and Toronto because those two teams are playing pretty good. Seattle's playing outstanding ball right now. 
Uh, I'm happy with. I've been happy with my two since the day we did it, Ken. Okay. Uh, I think you are too. Although you're uh, a little not, shaky on Tampa. Uh, yeah, now. I'm really hurting with Tampa Bay. I'm, I'm good with nice the Orioles. Week. I'm good with the Orioles. Yeah, I'm happy with my two. I, you know, was happy to get those the night we uh, did our little contest. And Andy Isco feeling much better. That Seattle's playing great ball, and Toronto's playing pretty good ball as well, Andy. Uh, the thing with Toronto, sometimes they score a bunch of runs, and then there's been a couple games they've been shut out over the last well, several. They, I think they scored one run in two of the last three games against Cleveland. One was a one nothing win. and uh, Well, no, I'm sorry, today they scored. They, they were only one run. I think scored two runs late to make it 4-3 in their loss. But uh, the team that, and again, we're talking about winning the pennant, so it's just make the playoffs. So Seattle, because of their pitching, I think has a good chance if they can make it in, but they, they'll have to do it most likely through a wild card. They might knock out Toronto. <laughs> they're, they're a game and a half apart, yeah. I think, right now. Be interesting. All right, uh, let's get you the baseball score so we can, as that Vikings-Seahawks game has gone to the half, so if you had Minnesota first half, you should be good there. That game went off Seattle Seahawks minus 3.5, 36.5 your total. The other game earlier... Uh, Patriots got an early 3 nothing lead at home against the Houston Texans. Texans in 20 unanswered. New England got a late touchdown. 20 to 9. I think they got a touchdown. Maybe they got two field goals. Andy, uh, you saw the end of that game maybe. Uh, I, th- I think it was a touchdown. Okay, because it ends I, up 20 to 9. It was a pretty quick change from when I had seen 20 to 3. All right, and that game stays under the total of 37 as the uh, Texans win it as road favorites, minus 3. And they now have gone to the top half of the seventh inning, Colorado again. One nothing lead against Kershaw and the Dodgers. A plus 380 was the high you could have gotten here in town on Colorado. And sometimes it is fun, Andy Esco, just to take some of those big dogs. If you took the Oakland A's, you know, several times in the last month, they have covered big lines like that. And even with all those covers, they're still down more than 20 units for the season. Weren't yeah. the Dodgers mi- the Dodgers were minus the three eighty, right? Yeah, yeah, they were minus so four hundred at Caesars. So it was Houston plus what? Uh, well, no, Colorado, Colorado, or Colorado. Was, I mean, Colorado, yeah. you plus three hundred, probably. No, no maybe a little more than that. Three twenty. It, it depends where there are variation in lines, but I'd say minus three eighty is probably plus three hundred. All right, I'll see if I can I can go and uh, check out the Westgate. Westgate actually meant went off, yeah, minus 380 on Kershaw, but minus 400 over there at Caesars, just depending what line they're using. Uh, Atlanta and Pittsburgh, the Braves had a 4 nothing lead after 2.5 at Pittsburgh with Bryce Elder on the hill. They were a, one, they were a minus 190 at the Westgate Superbook. So in-game wagering at a place like, let's just use DraftKings. DraftKings were, they, you know, Elder was a minus 198. They update the game continuously as it's going. So I'm saying Atlanta up 4 nothing. The way they're playing at Pittsburgh, I would say they had to be, and Andy said I'm, I'm way up, but I would say they, they would have had to been a minus 2,000, somewhere, somewhere in that at what, at one inning? After, after two and a half, 4 nothing. they were a minus 190 to start. Yeah, I, I don't know that they would be that high because, number one, Pittsburgh has been playing well. Atlanta has been struggling uh, lately, in fact, Atlanta. But I'm not talking run line. I'm not talking no, I'm, plus a run I'm, and a half. No, I'm, I'm saying, t- yeah, that even at that price. 2,000 sounds a little high yeah. to me. I don't follow that in game like you do, Ken. You may be right. Well, I'm talking about the team with the best record in Major League Baseball. Up 4 nothing. Up 4 nothing yeah. with Elder. No, third bottom of going to the bottom of the third. And they were a minus 190 to start. So they are a 2 to 1 favorite to start. And you're going to give them four, to, four runs as a 2 to well, 1 what's favorite? The to- what's the total in the game? Ten, so they were still expecting six runs to be scored, Pittsburgh right? Which mean, them. which mean Pittsburgh had to get all six of them to win, 
Because if they got five, that would have meant then it would be 5-5. Five, five. And there's no winner there, right? It was 4 nothing at the time. Not right, five, but I'm nothing. saying you said the total's 10, so yeah. they're expecting 10 runs. So I'm saying that, that means Pittsburgh would have had to score all six of those runs in order to How would we do on that math it? SAT? There you go. That's what, Well, I got it right. I mean, so this is, they're, they're talking to an Ivy League innings. guy over here. So they still be playing. That's right. But no, I, I the two thousand is high. I, I would say maybe more like six, seven hundred. Six or seven hundred yeah. up for nothing. Yeah, I'll say that's way off. Okay. In say fact, I'll, okay. So I'm saying it's way off. Where, where's Fezzik or Chuck Edel? I will make a text to those those guys. I would say there's no way that it would be that low. In fact, I better not get into that with Fez. He may have he may have laid it. Whatever it was. It's got to be a thousand plus, I would yes, say. Yes, for sure. I would, I would but say not it's much in between more than our that. two numbers. In between minus seven hundred and minus two thousand. Okay. Well, I th- there you go. Way to go out on the limb, Esco. <laughs> I'll see. What it's are we in, wasting our time on this? It's unreal because I'm just wondering. You know, Pittsburgh. If you had them, if somebody took them in game down four nothing, they got a handsome payoff, no doubt. Because Pittsburgh did come back and win that game seven to five. They played them tough the whole series. They sure did. And they scored runs in all three of those yep. games. Uh, Philadelphia with Nola, he was a minus two sixty. They come up big against Corbin in Washington, six to two, and off the no hitter last night by Lorenzen. This Philly team again. Andy Isco talked about him being dangerous. Now can't put too much credence into them knocking off Washington, but nonetheless, Philadelphia gearing up to be another dangerous wild card. Wayne Kretzky, no doubt about it. I, I think the Phillies are definitely dangerous after last year's experience and everything else. I, I like their chances. Hey, I, I wouldn't want to play him. I heard that uh, Reese Hoskins might be available if the Phillies make the playoffs. So, And he's been out, of course, all year, and he's such an important part of his office. Now, how, what condition he would be in if he were to make it remains to be seen. But the uh, Phillies are playing with a great deal of confidence. They know they're not going to catch Atlanta. But uh, really, other than the Dodgers, who's the main challenger to the Braves right now in the National League, the way everybody's playing? Philadelphia's just as good as any of the other teams in contention other than uh, – I'd, I'd rank the Dodgers ahead of them the way they've been playing and the division they play in. Uh, but uh, Philadelphia's got to feel very comfortable that they're going to make it in as a wild card. There you go, and we probably will not have a shootout as Spain has scored late in extra time. Keep an eye on it. Netherlands needs a goal to force that shootout, but it looks like Spain may be advancing from the quarterfinals. Ladies' World Cup, keeping an eye on that one right here. Orioles 5-4, they hold on. Houston gets a run in the ninth. Orioles were leading 5 nothing in that game, but they hold on and get the win 5-4. And nonetheless, the Orioles now have gone 76 consecutive series without being swept, Crith. Yeah, I heard that stat. Yeah, that's impressive. impressive. That is impressive. It really is. And uh, they needed this one 5-4. to four. They get it done. They didn't need it, but psychologically I think they did because Houston's playing good solid ball. They're the defending champions, and the Orioles gave one away with yeah. a grand slam home run by Tucker it gets the other a bad taste out of their mouth from a couple nights ago yep. losing that game. No they doubt win. about it. Now they got a nine-game road trip. We'll West, out west, out. yeah, and Seattle's the first team, and the Mariners have been red hot. Yep, they we'll, fun. That could be a fun series. We'll have fun with the overnights later on in our number. By the two. way, the thing that's interesting is we talk about Houston and Baltimore. Texas is in between them. Texas is just three games behind Baltimore for the uh, best record in the American League. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Tampa Bay is there too, but uh, it's a division leader. Boy, I'll tell you, Tampa Tampa's Bay. two and a half back. Yeah. Yeah. The loss of McClanahan, we'll get to that in a minute because yeah. i got to get Crib to weigh in. Uh, Detroit, a 3 nothing shutout against Minnesota Maeda. And again, Minnesota atop the AL Central, but they just cannot score runs consistently, Crib. No, no, you're exactly right. Uh, Wasted a good effort from Maeda, who has been pitching well. Yeah, Maeda's pitched pretty well. Uh, 
I don't see Cleveland challenging them at this point. Minnesota's so wildly inconsistent. Their offense has been hasn't lived up to promise here. Pitching's been pretty good, but man, I, I just Cleveland slipped here and uh, getting rid of Savali. Bieber's out. It's, it's a lot to replace. Well, speaking of the uh, the Guardians, they came up big themselves as they got a four three win at home against Toronto. So Manoa, the lo- uh, well, he wasn't the losing pitcher, but uh, Cleveland does get that W there, or maybe he was. They got three more impressive pitchers they've developed. Kenneth o- Logan Allen, a lefty. They got Grant Williams and uh, Tanner Bebe, I think is how you pronounce it. But they keep developing young pitchers. I I give my tip my cap to them. Yeah. Manoa was the loser today. By he the way. was okay. And Gave Syndergaard up all four runs. Well. Lasted just four innings. And Syndergaard pitched like Don Drysdale today. They yeah. should have got more for Savali. Two more years of control. Tampa yeah. Bay gives up a, a left hand hitting first baseman that has promise, but I don't think Cleveland got enough there. And Paxton and Boston, they go back to five games over five hundred. Both Boston and the Yankees not playing well. Both have only won four of their last ten games. But Boston a half game or actually a game ahead of the Yankees now. Uh, 60 and 55 for the both Sox. They're four games behind Toronto, eight games behind Tampa, and of course 11 games behind the Baltimore Orioles. Orioles with a three-game lead over Tampa Bay and four in the loss column in the AL East. Minnesota leading the Central. They are three and a half ahead of Cleveland, who's now four games under 500, but really struggling, as Kriv said. Uh, the Twins right now by default, but they are over 500. That's all I want. Whoever wins the freaking division, just finish over 500. This yeah, only you. team with a plus oh run differential too in that division. But. Yeah, plus forty. Nobody else close. Well, Cleveland minus. Boston's five. getting some. Going back to the ALEs, Boston's getting Sale and Tanner Houck and Whitlock back. So that's some reinforcements for their pitching staff. We'll see if that's enough. Can they, they make can it? Hit. Can they make it, Crib? The wild card? Yeah, uh, they can, but I, I, I would say no. But, well, also remember the AL East is all above five hundred. So Boston would make up some ground if they win some of those division games and make up ground on the other teams and, of course, extend whatever lead they have right now on uh, uh, on the Yankees. But if you look at the wild card right now, Tampa Bay's got a four-game edge, or they're in by four games. Uh, Houston is a game and a half ahead of Toronto, which holds down the last wild card. Seattle a game and a half behind Toronto, but then there's a, a two-and-a-half game drop-off to Boston, who is uh, the second team out right now. Texas Rangers, two-and-a-half game lead over Houston. Astros, though, playing good, solid baseball. They did lose today, but still 16 games over 500, won seven of their last 10. But the Mariners have won nine of their last 10. They are 10 games over 500, just three games behind the Astros. And as Andy mentioned, Texas Rangers, 21 games over 500. They did lose their last game, but still have won eight of their last 10. Uh, Angels, as Crib said, back to 500, but have a lot of work to do. Still uh, five games behind Seattle, a team that were only a half game behind when the trade deadline was ending. And uh, the Halos lucky to win their last, or were fortunate that they've won their last two because they had dropped seven straight before that. In the NL East, Braves 31 games over 500, nine and a half game lead over the Phils, who are playing good solid baseball right now, 64 and 52. Marlins, they've won their last two, but still only four games over 500. Milwaukee with a two and a half game lead over the, over both the Cubs and the Reds in the Central National League. Kriv, real quick, Milwaukee, Chicago, Cincinnati. Boy, what happened to the Reds? My goodness, you Just talked a, about them. Yeah, they, they didn't go get Lorenzen. enough pitching. Yeah, they yeah. didn't get enough pitching. Lorenzen, I would think, would be on the radar. They, they had a good experience with him when he was there the first time. Uh, they just did not, didn't do enough for their pitching, in my opinion. It's um, disappointing. I w- would have thought they'd been more aggressive in that regard. Andy, not only did the uh, Reds go into a tailspin, but nobody more so than Arizona. And Crib called us a few weeks ago. They are a game under five hundred. They have lost 24 of their last 31, 9 of their last 10. 
They, in fact, they're eight in a row. And, uh, boy, I don't know if they can right the ship. San Francisco's nine games over. They would be a wild-card team right now. Yeah, Dodgers have opened up a six-game lead over the Giants in the division, and the Giants five games ahead of Arizona right now. So San Francisco, who I thought might fade a little bit, seems to have enough to hold on because the Padres are not taking advantage of their opportunities. They are as poorly as Arizona is playing. Diamondbacks still are two games ahead of uh, the Padres, and Padres had one of those closed-door meetings yesterday after uh, that uh, loss in Seattle, uh, but it seems... It's, Really seems too too little, too late if they start to win right now. They, they don't play good baseball. They lose close games. They don't win in extra innings. They just they don't play good baseball. It looks like a bunch of individuals out there, yeah. and and the, and the kind team of like that, the Mets on the West, the team that they burned last and year, the their rivals, the Dodgers, that the Padres, the Dodgers getting revenge big time this year. And just when it looked like San Diego was going to turn the corner and get up over five hundred. The Dodgers went into San Diego and took care of business big time. What did they take, I think, three out of four? Three out of four, sure yeah. Sure did. Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts, what a tandem there at the yeah. top of the order. Awesome. There you go. All right, good stuff. Take our final break, hour number one. Talking some baseball, former Reds general manager Wayne Krivsky in studio along with the original AI, Andy Isco, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We are live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. Producer Mark Hoke running the show. We'll be right back. Wrap things up. Hour number one, hour number two. Bob Bueller, the voice of Boise State, starts us off. We'll keep on rolling. We'll get to those baseball overnights. It looks like uh, Spain, again, they're real close. It's just about over in extra time, leading the Netherlands 2-1 to one quarterfinal World Cup soccer. Paying attention right here uh, in studio, and we'll be right back live from Vegas. Something magic happens. Every time you go, you make the magic happen. The magic of Orioles baseball when the game is close and the yokes are hot. There's a thundering roar from 34 to give it all they've got. And you never know who's gonna hear the call. Oh, yeah, it's a throwback Thursday. The Orioles back on track. The magic continuing. We uh, dedicate that one to our good pal Mike Scally, big Yankees fan. We know he's listening. He was really interested in hearing us talk about the Phil Mickelson allegations, Billy Walter's book coming out real soon, and we'll get to that. But, uh, Kriv, it's good to see you. You have everything down pretty much on the uh, the Orioles' magic song with yeah, the letters. That gotta, was pretty good. i got to work on my letters. But, uh, Not it's, bad. It's good a catchy, animation. It's a catchy tune. Over the years, I've kind of grown to like it. I, yeah. I've got a question for Mark because – Remember the Colts, when they were in Baltimore, they had that old C-O-L-T-S where they did the things with the letters. I wonder if Mark knows which came first, the Colts cheer or the Orioles cheer? Probably the Colts. Yeah, I would, I would the, say the, the Orioles magic thing started in 79 in that season. Okay, so, yeah, Colts were doing it before then. I mean, the, the Orioles, are sure, were doing O-R-I-L-L-E-S. But the, but the magic thing started in '79, and it ended in '79 too, with the Pirates <laughs> winning the last three in you that World what? Series. Yeah, Ken, 
Ken, you're a terrible human being. That was just great, though. I will say this. Look, I'm rooting for him this year, but that year, that was the year I had the $20 bet with Mr. Peppy, my English teacher. I lost. And I came up big time, and I, I had cut. When they were down three games to one, I cut class for three days, and all of a sudden I show up at Mr. Peppy. Well, isn't it amazing? Mr. Thompson makes it in on a Friday or whatever it was, and, uh, and sure enough, the series all tied at three. He goes, uh, I don't think it's going to work out too well for you, Mr. Thompson. And I said, you know, we are family, baby, and I know – and I'll never forget when Dower hit that home run and Baltimore's up one nothing, and then old Pop Starge will hit that two-run jack. And then all I know is when the uh, the 104-pound relief pitcher, number 27, Kent Tocolvi, came in, oh. I knew lights were out. Chuck Tanner. In lights the were out, baby. Calling the shots. What Loved a great it. guy. That was a great Chuck World Series, though. It really was. And it was even better going to English class the next day, getting that 20 bucks. Yeah, if you remember, teacher. Ken, the outfield was torn up from the Colts playing on it, too. The field was in terrible shape, right, Mark? Remember yeah, that? Yeah, that's right. I forgot that about that. Off, it snowed there one night. I mean, the outfield looked like the, you know, the Colts had just played a game on Sunday. It was. This in is terrible Memor- condition. Memorial. Yeah, Memorial Stadium. That was, yeah, that, I, rem- I remember Burt Jones like walking over and like picking rocks up and throwing like that. Were on I've the never field. seen a worse Unbelievable. field. Unbelievable. It was. <laughs> it was an interesting place. Yes. It was actually a fun place to watch a game, though. weren't too many bad seats in Memorial Stadium. Wild Bill Haggy. Well, there, oh, were, yeah. there weren't many filled seats the time that little Cessna plane crashed in the upper deck when the Colts were playing the Steelers in the playoffs. Colts were getting crushed, and most of the crowd had thinned out and probably saved some lives. Wow. Now it's amazing. You know, the Colts, uh, Colts stink and save lives. Way to go. There you go. All right. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, Andy Isco, because we've got Bob Bueller at the top of our number two, we can get into this more after uh, we talk a little Mountain West football, but Phil Mickelson – Wagered over one billion in bets and actually tried to bet four hundred thousand on the Ryder Cup. That's what Billy Walters' book is going to allege. Yeah, and in fact, uh, there was an article today, I think, in Golf Digest that details a lot of those claims and uh, talks about uh, Mickelson wanting to bet four hundred thousand dollars when he and Tiger were uh, the leaders on the uh, Ryder Cup team. They were trying to avenge the. Uh, Lost to the Europeans two years earlier, and they had a commanding lead going into uh, uh, into Sunday, and uh, that was the miracle at Medina where the Europeans came back to win. And uh, apparently, uh, Mickelson wanted Billy Walters for place a four hundred thousand dollar wager, according to the article on the U.S. team prior to the start of the Ryder Cup. And uh, uh, Billy Walters wanted nothing to do with it. He basically said something. If I read it correctly in the article. He started to compare uh, Mickelson, saying, "You remember Pete Rose? Because at this time, Phil Mickelson was—he called him the Arnold Palmer of uh, of golf. You know, he, he was beloved by everybody, had a great reputation, and uh, you know, if it came out that he had made that kind of wager, that would sully his reputation and uh, uh, really uh, endanger his legacy. He's still a, a great golfer, but he's, he's done some other things that uh, have sort of." Uh, uh, let's say, dulled his legacy somewhat. He's still an outstanding player, even though he's now, what, eligible for the senior tour uh, and plays occasionally well, but he's, uh, you know, he's in that live contra- the LIV controversy. But uh, I'm looking forward to the Billy Walters book. In fact, if you go, I think, on YouTube, Brent Musburger had a nice interview with Billy Walters earlier this year when the book was announced. And uh, it makes for, you know, it's a nice little tease for what we can expect of the book. There you go. And Billy Walters, of course, still bitter because Phil Mickelson could have just... Could have kept him out of prison. You go. Should have, actually, um, but again, it was. A, and it's one of the things about Mickelson that sort of hurt his reputation is that he was not thinking about what was right. He was thinking about what would preserve, uh, you know, his his good name and all that. So uh, 
book, I believe, is supposed to come out uh, a week from Tuesday, the 21st. Talk about a reputation being tarnished there, Kriv. Yeah. Because uh, Mickelson was that guy. You know, we remember on the Father's Day, the Masters. His wife and all that. And, you know, I mean, well, the Masters and, and then the U.S. Open and the no. PGA and all this stuff. And, and just rooting for the guy. Yeah. And how long it took him, Andy, it's going to win that first major, right? It took him yeah. a long time. And and he was he was always very popular, especially back in New York uh, when they had a couple of opens back there. The, he was he was a fan's favorite because he did engage with the fans, and uh, you know that was one of the many good things that uh, helped that reputation. And of course, Crib, how many times he was knocking on the door to win the major, and then he was a guy that would make that twenty-seven foot big time putt, and then he'd miss the two footer, he'd lip it out of the cup, and end up choking away a, an opportunity to win a major, but finally got it, and you got know really excelled. Yeah, it really started falling for him after that. But you know, here is. You know, and again, from somebody that's gambled and gambled heavily in my life and sometimes with, you know, I didn't have the money naturally like Mickelson or even the money sometimes to even cover bets like that. I mean, so I just know the stress that it put in my life. And I'm just thinking when Walters is talking about that type of money, that it is so far gone that Mickelson's not even thinking about the money. He's just doing it out of habit, Andy. Yeah, well, I think he had at some point acknowledged that he had this addiction that he was uh, in therapy for and seems to have made some, uh, from what we know, from what we've heard, seems to have made some progress and it's not as bad as it used to be. But uh, it's a hard thing to get over because there, there is a certain rush, as we all know, uh, the the thrill of the playing out, the seeing, you know, for right or wrong and, uh, uh, you know, the bad beats offset by the fortunate wins. And it's, a, it's an adrenaline rush. That's a tough thing uh, to get over if uh, you're addicted to it. Andy, real quick, I mean, I've done this now because you and I have uh, been handicapping and betting on games for, for years and years, but I literally took time away, stopped betting on the games, and just wanted to see if I still had that same, you know, passion for this sport without having money on it. And I do. And there's certain times, and even, you know, where I'll, I'll still handicap the game in my mind, but just from a fan's perspective, still enjoy. I the think games. a lot of us who, at least in our generation, we grew up as fans first before mm-hmm. we got involved in the wagering aspect of it. So, because there are some people who cannot, for example, watch a game if they don't have a wager on it. I'm not one of those people. You're not one of those people. I can enjoy watching a game if I have no action on it, and I just enjoy it for the pure sport. Sport, especially uh, college basketball, and I'll say college and pro football. Yeah, I, I mean, college basketball to me is my number one sport as far as uh, success. College football was probably my favorite to bet on, and NFL as well. So I, lo- I love the football, uh, but I was probably more successful in college basketball than yeah, any think, other sport. Uh, the first sport I grew up with was baseball, and it wasn't too f- long after that. I was probably my first memory was, I think, the 62 uh, Major League Baseball season with the Giants. And the and the Yankees and the World Series that would never end because of all the rainouts and that's when I became you know a baseball fan and that was the first one and it was a few years later that I became a football fan and of course I grew up with the Jets and uh, Super Bowl three and all that and uh, uh, followed uh, football ever since and uh, college football was never really popular back in say where I grew up in the New York area New York was a professional team. What was popular in colleges, college basketball was always popular in New York City going back to uh, the days even when teams like NYU were national teams, St. John's, and they'd play doubleheaders at the Old Garden and uh, uh, that. So New York was more of a professional team with college basketball, even today, still being the exception.
There you go. All right. Well, our number one is in the books. Bob Beeler going to talk some Boise State Bronco football with us here at SportsX Radio. Hour number two. Keep it right here. We'll get back into those baseball overnights. We'll keep you updated on that Rich Badge and Findlay Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. 101.5 FM Dawn streaming live on the Odyssey app. It is Ken Thompson. It is Wayne Kripsky. It is Andy Isco, producer Mark Hoke. We are live from Vegas PSBR Law Studios. We're coming right back. Keep it right here. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today for peace of mind. Visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT back, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas on a throwback Thursday. Andy Isco in studio, Wayne Krivsky as well, producer Mark Hoke running the show, 101.5 FM, and of course streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And we are getting close to college football just a couple weeks away. And Boise State, of course, is the favorite to win the Mountain West. Went to the Mountain West West Media Days over there at uh, Circa. Great setup. Two days, first day, the players are there. Second day, the coaches and uh, just really enjoyed it. I, I love talking to the coaches. And you know what? All these coaches take the time. It's just a great setting. And Circa did a real nice job on the setup there. And I uh, was able to talk to just about everybody. that I did not get to talk to Coach Avalos over there for Boise State. So did run into Bob Beeler. And, of course, he's the uh, voice of Boise State sports, but Boise State football. And we're focusing in on this Broncos team. So uh, let's get to it. Mr. Bueller, how are you? And uh, not too far away. And, and you guys got an opener with uh, one of the defectors from the Pac-12, which is Nomas, it looks like, Washington. But that should be one heck of a game in that area, Boise State, Washington, uh, not far away. And a uh, great way to start the season. But that's the cool thing with Boise State. They've never ducked any big programs anywhere, anytime. That's their motto, basically. And uh should be a fun one, a, a good opener. And then UCF, a newcomer to the Big 12 in the second game. So uh, some good, solid non-conference competition. I like to see that from the Broncos. Pick up Bob Beeler. He is there somewhere. But Gremlin's in the system talking a little Boise State football. Ken Thompson, Wayne Christie. Hear me, Kim? Yes, there you are. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know what we did either. I'm just sitting here. I'm a victim of circumstance, so I, I'm not taking any responsibility, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm sticking to it. But, but well, Bob, it is great, great to have you, and uh, you know, it was good to see you. Got to talk to you for just a couple minutes over there. You were a busy man. You had people coming on uh, the the show left and right over there when we were at the Circa. But what a great setup for the Mountain West Media Days. 
They really did. And it was, you know, compact. So you didn't have to walk that far from, you know, various broadcast centers or to the, you know, where they did the other interviews. Circuit did a nice job. And, you know, I'm hoping it would be nice if it went back. That was a good place to have it. Yeah, so, no doubt about but to, it. But to answer your first question, um, I've been there. This would be my 16th season as the voice of the Broncos. And, and I can't remember a tougher start of two games. Mm-hmm. Week one has been as tough as Washington, the team that's probably going to be ranked in the top 15 in you know, both polls. But I can never remember a week two where it's been followed up with somebody as strong as UCF. So I think the toughest start to a season for Boise State that, that I can remember for sure. Yeah, and I'm telling you, they've got talent. We know they've got talent. They always have uh, talent on both sides of the ball. And that's the cool thing with the Broncos. You're calling their games, and really it's a, a program that, you know, you look at, and Hank Bachmeyer was that quarterback over the last several years and a lot of big-time expectations and struggled a little bit, uh, battled, a, you know, a couple little injuries. But still, you know, the promise was there. But he's, he has taken off and transferred. And Taylor Green, you know, redshirt sophomore, I mean, this kid is the real deal. He stepped up nicely when he got his opportunity. And it's good to see the redshirt senior, George Helani, in the backfield. Of course, St. John Bosco, uh, my main sponsor, Brian Panish, PSBR Law. That's his school, Panish Family Stadium, on the campus of St. John Bosco. So I know most of those Braves when uh, they make it into the big-time college area. But this should be a fun team, and you have some solid receivers. I know Cobbs is pretty darn good, and maybe you can clue us in on the rest of this uh, Boise State team. We'll start with that offense, if you can kind of clue us in and what you expect from Andy Avalos and the uh, Broncos? Well, Green was really a dual-threat guy, capable of, you know, a 100-yard rushing game or, you know, a 200- or 250-yard passing game. Got better as the year went along. Uh, I think, you know, he, he quarterbacked 10 games. The team was 8-2 and two when he was the quarterback. And I'm going to compare this, and I'm not saying we're going to go to the Fiesta Bowl, but the last time Boise State went to a um, New Year's Six Bowl, it was 2014 when they beat Arizona. The year before, Grant Hedrick took over for the second half of the season at quarterback. And we did not win the league that year and did not win the league this past year, lost in the championship game. But Boise State was so much further along. Had Grant not have had the chance to play half the season, I don't think Boise State you know, wins the Mountain West and goes to New Year's Six. And I think – so much further along with Taylor Green because he played. If 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 Bachmeyer would have played the full year and and Green, you know, and then say left after the year, and then you know Green would have come in. I mean, ten games. That's basically a whole season. Uh, he he is just so much further ahead now. Uh, two running backs. Ashton Genty is is another running back with Halani. I mean, you might be able to make a case. Boise State has the best two running backs in the league. Uh, both really, really good. I'll be interested to see if they can find a way to get them on the field at the same time. I mean, I remember in the NFL in the seventies when teams ran split backs and, you know, they had two halfbacks in the backfield, you know, that's gone the way of the dinosaur. I don't know whether they could, re- you know, resurrect something, but I really love the running backs. And then at receiver, you mentioned Cobbs. Bowens is another really good receiver. They really like McAllister as a deep threat. He came on at the end of last season. And they have a freshman this year by the name of Prince Strong that you know really looks like he's got the size. The only negative is prior to camp opening, they announced that Latrell Caples, who was a leading returning receiver, leading returning excuse me, the leading receiver from last year, fifty one catches. Nobody else had more than I think thirty five. 
and a lower leg injury and will be out for the season. So, you know, they've got to kind of find somebody to take over in the slot that will work the, you know, shorter to intermediate routes. Uh, line, they've got four out of five back. So if you're saying which side of the ball this year is going to be the more experienced starting the season at Washington, definitely the offensive side of the ball. They've got a lot back, really like their bland new offensive coordinator, Bush Hamden, former quarterback, uh, as a senior was a backup to Kellen Moore. Uh, Bush came from Missouri. Bush with a very, very, very good background. He's worked in the NFL with Matt Ryan as a quarterback's coach with the Falcons. And I think that I think Boise State's offense is going to be very explosive. Last year averaged, you know, around 30 points a game. I'm thinking, you know, this year the team's probably going to add a touchdown to that. There you go. At BSU, Bob, you can follow Bob Beeler on Twitter that way. Now X, of course, as it's known, Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, uh, talking a little Boise State football. Before I throw it over to Andy, you mentioned Capo's now out for the year, but Eric McAllister, only 11 receptions, but almost 24 yards per <laughs> reception. So this is a guy as a freshman that was able to stretch the field and probably somebody that, you know, when Green has him one-on-one, he's going to probably look that way. Yeah, I, I'm impressed with the way he goes up and gets the ball. I mean, there's just sometimes there are receivers that – you know, when there's a 50-50 ball, some guys just seem like they end up up with it more than 50% of the time. And I think that's something that McAllister does does real well. Uh, it's a it's it's going to be an explosive offense. You know, they've got a really good quarterback, running backs, receivers. Line is back. They've got some tight ends back. Um, yeah, I think the offense, you know, you look at Washington with what they've got in the opener offensively and probably the same thing for UCF. You know, probably to win that game with with a defense that only returns six starters, you know, Boise State's probably going to have to get into the minimum to the 30s to win the game against Washington. So the offense is going to have to have to put some points up against the Huskies in the opener to win. Andy Isco, some questions for Bob. Yeah, Bob, uh, good to be chatting with you. And you sort of touched upon it early, uh, early on as far as the opening schedule. You've got the game at Washington, then against UCF, and then another home game against uh, North Dakota, but it doesn't get any easier because then you go on the road for games against some pretty solid programs. Of course, one in the Mountain West, San Diego State, and then at Memphis, which has had a good program. And you sort of just alluded to the first two games and the fact that the defense has a lot of rebuilding to do with some of the losses Mm -hmm. it suffered from last year. How much of a test will Washington uh, and uh, Central Florida provide for the defense, and should Boise have a good effort? Might that mean that the defense is coming along a little quicker than expected? Yeah, I would think so. If, if, if they're going to win games you know, early in the season against the people that you know, do have the firepower like Washington, I mean, they've got you know, Michael Penix Jr. back at quarterback, and he's a Heisman candidate. He's got 2,000-yard receivers. So, I mean, yes. For Boise State to win, the defense is going to have to come to play. And you know, not not you know, you mentioned Memphis. Memphis has a you know a quarterback that's in his third year as a starter. So I mean, we're talking about some teams with some firepower offensively. So yes, I think the defense is going to have to come to play. You know, they've got some really good players that are back, but they've you know they've got some holes. They got to find some folks up front in the defensive line. I think need a little more pass rush this year than they had last year. Uh, DJ Schram had over a hundred tackles. He's a senior. He is going to be the team leader in the middle, just your classic middle linebacker. Uh, and then the safeties are going to be a little when you count the nickel in with the safeties. Some guys that haven't started but have played a lot of football. And I'm speaking of Alexander Tubner and uh, Shea Oladipo. Rodney Robinson started at one of the safeties all last season. So your core of your defense, the guys that are going to be in charge of, you know, 
calling out the fronts and lining them up and, you know, the secondary and how you're going to guard it. Those guys have quite a bit of experience. I think corner may be the most uh, difficult battle going on for starting spots. Uh, there are four guys who have started, you know, one time or another, you know, due to injuries. Uh, you know, so I think they've got people there at corner. They just need to kind of figure out, you know, who their corners are going to be. But, I mean, they lost Scott Matlock, defensive tackle to the Chargers. They lost safety, J.L. Skinner. He was drafted by the Broncos. They lost another safety, Tyreek Jones, that, uh, you know, is with the Tennessee Titans as a free agent still in camp. So, I mean, we're talking three of the most important players of the five that went out the door last year are now in NFL camps and look like, you know, they're doing very, very well. So, a lot of new faces are going to have to, uh, you know, have to contribute for this defense to be good. But there's a lot of promise. That I think I think people like what they see on defense. It's just a little bit unknown. Well, then, and then following up on that, because of the early season schedule, the defense will be tested, which at the same time means the last seven games of the schedule are all conference games. Uh, does the coach feel comfortable that by the time we get into the meat of conference schedule, that defense will be able to compete with any other defense in the conference? Well, I think that defense is certainly going to be battle tested after the first, you know, two or three games of the month of September. So, you know, I think, I think they, they like what they have, you know, there's a lot of good football teams out there in Boise state, I think has one of the tougher schedules that they have faced. Uh, but I, you know, I, I like what Boise State has, and you know, the, the media made Boise State a favorite to win the Mountain West. You know, I, you know, I'm biased. I announce the games, but I, I like what this team has. I think it's by far the deepest team in the three seasons under Coach Andy Avalos. And I think that when you look at you know depth, I think depth really plays a factor because you know you're going to have players that are going to miss games because of injury and and your depth I think allows you to maybe you know do a little bit more it also allows you to substitute a little bit more you know and I, and I know that you know especially on defense you want to have fresh guys out there and you know, if you get a lot of three and outs you can keep people fresh too so um, but but I, I do think that when you look at the talent across the board yeah I, I really like this team this year for Boise State. And, of course, uh, Bob, the offensive line you mentioned, four or five back, that's huge for a team that only gave up 14 sacks last year. Yeah, they did a nice job. And, and Green, I thought, did a pretty good job, too, you know, especially in his first year as a starting quarterback. Of course, he can run really good, ran for, you know, nearly 600 yards last year as a quarterback. And, and you know, he wasn't hardly sacked at all. But he's fast and he's big and he's tough to bring down. So I think he gets some credit, but the line did a nice job, too, and, you know, and then you got some running backs, as we've mentioned, Halani and, and Genty. You know, you don't need to give a huge, you know, a huge crack for them to get through and, you know, get six or seven yards on the play. So, again, early in the season, I, I think especially against the first two, you know, I, th- I think that the offense is going to have to, you know, start faster. Last year that was probably the biggest problem early in the season led to a, a change at offensive coordinator and ultimately a change at quarterback when, you know, Hank Bachmeyer decided to transfer after week four, uh, Boise state went to, went to more of a zone read type look as opposed to a more traditional quarterback throwing the football. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, they've got a lot of weapons and I, I think are poised to get off to that faster start this year. Who do you expect to challenge? I mean, we know Fresno state, they lost a lot with Hayner gone now, uh, but, Tedford's a guy that 
you know, he's going to rally the troops and that team will be ready. And, of course, Boise State took him out in the regular season but lost in the championship game last year in the Mountain West. So you know that's always going to be a battle. But San Jose State, you know, they've got Cordero, and we know this kid can flat-out play. What about some of the teams that will challenge? San Diego State always seems to be a team that's, you know, doing pretty well. doesn't matter who the coach is, although Hoke's done a decent job there. Uh, where do you expect the challenges to come from in the Mountain West? Well, I think I think you mentioned, you know, the, the start that – you know, San Jose State had the preseason offensive player of the year in, in Cordero, uh, and they've got some good receivers. So I think I think San Jose is going to be better, better than maybe maybe not better than they were in 20 when they beat us in the championship. But I would say they're going to be one of the better teams. And you hit Tedford on the on the head. I mean, Ted, there's a guy that can coach quarterbacks, and and I was surprised at media day. I thought Mikey Keene, the transfer from UCF, was was going to win the job. They bring him in, you know, a transfer in the spring, but they made it sound and, and maybe it's for show or maybe it's true that uh Fife that was the quarterback last year that played when you know when Hayner was hurt. We saw him in the game at our place. He, you know, struggled but we had a really good game plan against him and you know and, and took advantage that day. Um I, I can't believe that I won't believe that Fresno won't challenge. I think they're gonna be there at the end in, in the fight for the championship. We have to go there in early November. And then I'll give you another one, guys. Air Force, I know they've got a new quarterback and a new running back from last year, but uh, Troy Calhoun, that team, they know exactly what they want to do. It just seems like, you know, every year somebody graduates, there's somebody there to take over. Their option attack is so difficult when you have to prepare for it one time a year, you know, that you don't see it. It makes it a little bit more difficult on defense. Um, you know, I, I think those probably, if you're going to say, Who's Boise State's toughest challenge? Probably it's going to come from the, those three or four teams we talked about. Yeah. Wyoming, I think, is really going to be good on defense. They might have the best defense in the league, mm-hmm. but they are pretty much offensively challenged. So if, if they can get some points, you know, or maybe have a game where you know neither team gets the twenty, they're going to be in good shape. But uh, I think you know, I think if you're going to guess the two teams in the playoffs. And you let me pick the ones we just discussed. I feel pretty good that the, they would be in that list. Yeah, and we'll get a good gauge on Air Force when they go to San Jose State on September 22nd. That'll be a good game there. You talk about Cordero. But Troy Calhoun, yeah, there's just something about him now in his tw- uh, 17th year there, Colorado <laughs> Springs. It's unreal how time flies. But you're right. Talk about a team where it is next man up, which makes sense with Air Force. And, of course, you look, and there's no transfer portal kids. There's nobody. But I was going to say, that's something with uh, Coach Avalos. I look, and there's not a lot of transfers. you got a couple guys, uh, Toller, I think, coming over from Wisconsin on the defensive side of the ball, but not many as far as from the transfer portal coming over for this Bronco team. There's a few, and there's a few that have gone out. But you know what? I think they do a really good job of recruiting, and not only recruiting good players, but kids that they think fit and would like being in Boise. Um, you know, Bachmeyer left after three-plus years, you know, one of the few mainstays, you know, that was in the lineup that transferred somewhere else. I mean, there's not been many, and I'm going to say that knock on wood, you know, for future years, but I think they really do a good job. They don't, they don't offer nearly as many people scholarships as a lot of other schools. They go after the kids they want and the kids that they think fit, and I think the kids that come here really enjoy their experience playing here. So I think they lose less to the transfer portal than some teams do. Outstanding stuff. Bob Beeler, we hope to check in with you throughout the season. 
Best of luck in that opening game in Seattle. Should be a lot of fun September 2nd against Washington, and then, of course, home in Boise a week later against Central Florida, newcomer to the Big 12. Get the uh, things rolling as far as Mountain West on a Friday night at San Diego State. Should be good times, and San Jose State goes to Boise on the Smurf turf, and you close with Air Force at home. I'm looking forward to big things, and I'm looking forward to checking in with you throughout the season. Thank yeah. you so much for taking and a lot, time. And a lot of great games. I mean, you know, Boise State, I think, is the only one that plays the top six or the teams that went to bowl games last year. I think they're the only one that faces all of the Mountain West Bowl teams from a year ago. So, tough schedule, but makes it more fun to broadcast. You'll have better games. There you go. In your 16th year now, keep it rolling there, Mr. B. We'll look forward to uh, listening to you and, of course, checking in with you throughout the season. Thanks for stopping by SportsX Radio on a, on a uh, throwback Thursday with Ken Thompson and Andy Isco. Ken and Andy, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. There you go. Great stuff. Take a break. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, Don. We're streaming live on the Odyssey app. We'll bring back Mr. Wayne Krivsky as we'll talk a little bit more baseball, get into those baseball overnight SportsX Radio, rocking and rolling. We'll get back into that Mickelson deal as well and some other things going on in the world of sports. We'll touch on those. You are listening to SportsX Radio again on Don, and, of course, streaming live on the Odyssey app. Live from PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, you're listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson coming right back at you. Throwback Thursday, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Vegas with uh, Andy Isk, the original AI, at Vegas Andy 711, at Vegas Andy 711. Follow him on X. That's right, was Twitter, is now X. They uh, hijacked that from SportsX Radio, so I guess I'm just Sports Radio now. And uh, Wayne Krivsky here in studio. And Mr. Marco coming in our part of the uh, studio here to let us know that he was reading CBS Sports and somebody has their playoff prognostications as far as college football. And so it was Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and the other team we were trying to figure out right before we came back on the air. So, uh, Yeah, and that screwed me up, and I apologize to our listeners for making a mistake, but all good. Okay. Yeah, Dennis Dodd uh, has his New Year's Six projections. So it's and it's not it's not nobody from the Big Twelve then. You had you had, it was funny guys they were they were listing off every team but you missed one and you're gonna freak freak out when you hear who that fourth team was. So you guys said you got Georgia, you, you, right? And you said only one team from the SEC. Yep, you got Georgia. You had Michigan. You had Ohio State. Oh, it's USC. No, nope. no, he said no on no no on USC. Nobody in the Pac-12. Oh. Nope. nobody in the Pac-12. So nobody the Big Twelve. I just well, I guess it could be one of these newcomers from to the Big Oklahoma 12. State. No, nope. no, not Okie State. So, but it's not it's not a Big Twelve team. Nope. So no Oklahoma, no Texas. No, nope. said, no. So it's a, not another a, Big oh, Ten. Oh, Notre Dame, Notre, Notre Dame, Dame. Notre right, Dame, independent. Nope. Not another uh, Big Ten team. Gee, no, it can't Maybe. be three. Come Penn on, State? you got to be kidding me if he's got Dennis Dodd. He's got the trifecta going with uh, the the three teams in the Big Ten all all beating each other. No, that can't, can't happen. happen. Can't happen. There's Georgia no. versus as Sugar Bowl semifinal. Georgia versus Penn State, Rose Bowl semifinal. Michigan, Ohio State. If that happens, those three Big Ten teams all make the playoff. KT 
Let's see. What would be a good thing for KT to do? Because I've come out and done some bizarre Walk things. Walk from here to U.S. Shave your head. There you no. go. Listen. Come on, I, shave your head, Zeus. Yeah, right. And you you explain this to you explain this to Shaq. You explain this to Shaq why KT is no longer Zeus. No, cannot do that. I will do something else though. I will uh in fact I'll put I'll put Krivsky or Isco up as sacrificial No you won't fodder here. Yeah. What what can we have uh Maybe you should work a day at Big Chicken. There you go. I will. I will work a day. At Big Chicken. A, a charity day at Big Chicken. We'll Should, not talk a problem. to Shaq about Who's better, Penn State or Wisconsin? Who would you rather have right now? Right now, if you gave me those two teams, be only because Penn State's in the East with Ohio State and Michigan. Boy, I, I'm not sold on Fickle and Wisconsin like everybody not, else. Huh? No, but you're, I, and yeah, I like Penn you're State. You're the contrarian there. I like Penn State. I, I think, know. They're going to be I good, too. I think Penn State can win the East. Because they get Michigan at home. They just have to play a good game at the horseshoe early What's on. What's the quarterback now with Clifford gone after being there eight years oh, or so? Alar. Yeah, Drew Alar, the, the hot shot. He was a freshman I, last year. I, I think he's good. The running game's ridiculously good. Yeah. How many back on the uh, line of scrimmage there, Hoekster? Oh, I don't know if Tom Mad can. No, they have they have a they have a good but nucleus. Michigan back. comes to Penn State this yes, year. Yes, that's going to be so that'll be their whiteout game. Yeah. So basically, what they're saying is those three teams are all going to split with each other. Yeah, but, the, but and I'll take one loss, and that's. But then it's the team. But that then you got the Big Ten championship, right? right that, that's right. So it's the team that wins. There can't that beats be three. Wisconsin. There can't be three, that beats though. Wisconsin or Illinois I, or whoever coming I'm out of the just, West. I'm just saying what Dennis Dodd put well, up Dennis, here. That's that's just me. Here's the yeah, way he, he did here's that for the, clickbait for sure. Here, probably, but here's here's the rest of it. He has Peach Bowl, LSU, Tulane, Fiesta Bowl, Washington, Tennessee, Orange Bowl, Florida State, Alabama, and Cotton Bowl, Texas, Notre Dame. All right, I'm going to go out on the limb and say Georgia does not win the SEC. Wow. Georgia I know you like not. Texas A&M. I like A&M I like as a LSU. dark horse. I like LSU, too. I, I, I think LSU's got a, a great opportunity. In fact, if they beat Florida State, I'm feeling like that team Heck, could the winner de- of that definitely game be could in the playoffs. That game the in the Superdome again? Are they no, play in the no, Superdome no, again? No. No, no. Florida State, I believe. Yeah. No, that, game, that game's at Florida State. Yeah. Yeah. That game's at Florida State. I think and the winner of that game LSU can make the LSU is also at Alabama. Remember, they beat them by a point last Boy, year. That's a good quarterback battle, those two guys, Jaden Daniels. And- but I will take, even though I'm taking A&M at home in College Station against Bama, I will take LSU in Baton Rouge last game of the year against A&M for revenge from last year. If Jaden Daniels, that, that I mean, again, this LSU team is, is solid. That LSU-Florida State game is going to be a fun oh, game. It was a great game last year. Yeah, it was. A fluky ending, right? It was. It blocked extra point. Crazy. You know what proposition I'd like to see? Because we had it last year, but it doesn't happen very often. Was it a blocked extra point or just a missed extra point? Don't remember. I think I'm trying to remember. I'd like to see a prop. Will any conference have more than one team in the four-team playoff? You had yeah, Michigan like and that. Ohio State last year. Right. I, I think that's great. And, and how many years did we have, you know, two SEC teams? Well, I would think several. the yes would be minus money, wouldn't it, and something like that? Well, more than one yeah, because I, I, I would think I would think it'd be minus money because you're looking at Georgia and Alabama, and Ohio State, Michigan, or Wisconsin, State, or right. Penn State. No. I, I agree. I think I would this think year SEC would, be, would be the most likely conference. I agree. SEC oh, because McCord, we're not sold on McCord yet. I know Mark's got Penn State thinking. You know, look, I'll say that if Penn State wins in Columbus. That they're going to win the Big Ten. See, I think I think what Dodd is doing on this one is is he's saying that 
those three teams are going to split. There's going to be a some, there's going to be a tie break. Mm-hmm. One of them's going to go to the Big Ten championship. You could have game. three eleven and one teams at the right. end of the regular season. Right, and you know whoever which so way how, one of those how, wins. How, do, how does that work? What point differential? You know. Oh God! There's this whole series of tiebreakers. It goes well. You should know like this, common folks. opponents and everything else. It's yeah, it, strength of schedule. All that come into play. Um, based. I think it's com- I, yeah. common opponents. I can I can find it. Yeah, but, well, please do. Okay, I'll find it. All right, because you're good at everything else. You're finding you know Zeus on you know little clips there as far as wrestling. I mean that was good stuff, Hulk. Every now and then you surprise me. Well, I'm the man. All right, see, now the, now the man should never have to say he's the man. Let other people say you're the man, because all of a sudden then you lose. Woo! Yeah, no. Yeah, okay. All right, this is good. <laughs> I'm finding out. Here it you. is. Hour number right. one was pretty solid. Hour number two started out great with Bob Beeler, voice of Boise State. Did a good job. And then the hoaxer just takes it down the rabbit hole. All right, here it is. All right, what do you got? I'm, okay. I'm keeping the faith there, Mark. Keeping right, the faith. Brace yourself. All right. Okay, the records of the three tied teams will be compared based on winning percentage in games between the tied teams. Two, the record of the three or more tied teams will be compared based on winning percentage within their division. Three, the records of the three or more teams will be compared against the next highest placed teams in their division in order of finish four, five, six, and seven. Isco, you're an Ivy League guy. That's there's going to be, there's gonna probably, be a test on this in five well, that's minutes. That's probably what it comes down to, except the, for the fact that if they're eleven and one, it means they're they're eleven so and zero the against division, everybody else right, in the so Big the, Ten. So those are those are going to be tied. and non-conference. The the tiebreaker four. The record of the three teams will be compared based on which winning percentage against all common conference opponents. Which again would be a thousand. I want to see it just like Friday Night Lights, where they flip a coin. Well, it'd actually be a thousand minus the one lost to the other, the two, whichever one of the other two teams they lost to. Hang on, there's more. Five. The record of the three or Come more on, teams. Bean counters got too much time on it. I'm hands. serious. Will, Come on. will be compared based on the best cumulative conference winning percentage of non-divisional opponents. Six. There, all right, just for that, more. forget it. Just for that, I'm, How much I'm not rooting for somebody have to At some point, you've got to get into there. strength of schedule or non-conference it, it, goes, it goes down to eight. All right, well, good. Keep all going. Right. Six. The record of the three or more teams will be compared against the highest-placed non-divisional teams in their division order of finish. Seven. The team with the best overall winning percentage shall be the representative. Eight, which is the great one. The representative will be chosen by random draw. That's what it comes it down is. to. Random draw. That's what I want. I got a headache. And I think we should do it in Vegas and high card wins. No, I got to make some money out of it. Yeah. I think they should flip the Nittany Lion over. Let, let, let the mascots fight it out. That would be great. A random draw. I've never heard of that before. I've heard of flip a coin. Well, because you'd have three teams. So how, come, how come Michigan doesn't have a Wolverine? I've never seen like a Wolverine. I don't know why. Why would they not have a Wolverine as a mascot? You got Brutus the Buckeye. You got the Mason Blue. You got Blue. Bucky Badger for the, you know, and then you got the Lion. What's that Nittany Lion's name? Yeah, Nit. <laughs> Nit. No, he's just the Nittany Lion. He's all. <laughs> Punxsutawney Phil. It's no, but, but Michigan, it's not a ground. Michigan's the big, the big house. They got the big M, but. But where the hell is the Wolverine, man? I mean, especially after well, what are those you know, stripes on the helmet? Out. Stripes on the helmet. What's that got? Is that the Wolverine? It's, yeah. What, what is that? Is that like a is that like a W or something? The stripes like, of a Wolverine. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, but that well, but that but that was a kind of a common design. I, 
right for a lot of helmets back in the day. But how come? Yeah, I'm just a saying. W like, was an inverted. You would M, think so some student, some student on campus would get dressed up like a Wolverine. Probably be you. I would have. Yeah, with the hair. Yeah, there is. There. Uh, well, there's Biff. Oh, it's an actual. Looks like it's an actual Wolverine that they keep flying around. Biff. All right. It's like Ugga, the German Biff, Bulldog. Biff, the Michigan Wolverine mascot. Biff. Well, oh, my good somebody buddy, Biff flying Fisher. around there. Biff Fisher, of course, uh, from Armadillo Sports. He's probably listening. Yeah, somebody Biff Pokeroba. Well, that's remember, he came in, and that's where he got the, got that nickname. <laughs> Biff Pokeroba from the Braves back in the day. All right. Switch uh, hitter, as you reminded me. That's, there you go. All okay. right. Uh, preventative Diagnostic Center. Let me get there before I forget. Krivsky, of course, is gone like one of the good disciples of SportsX Radio. Isco has not gone. Hoke has not gone. Uh, who's the other one that needs to go that didn't go yet? Another guest. Uh, it's a must. You got to go. Yeah, but I'm just saying there's there's several that have not. And uh, even Ragusa has gone for the love I'm of God. I'm in big time. You're, you're there. Krisky, I got a five-year contract. Krisky, you're in great shape. Five-year contract. You look good, Chris. Hey, I'm trying. And you got the big bandage off the side of your yeah, head. Yeah, I today. Got, got the sutures out this it week. It looks good. Yeah, I mean, I'm blending uh, in now. You don't look like you got hit over the head I with know. a bottle. You should have seen the other guy. That's, is that really what happened, though? No. You were at some bar. You're just covering because Donna's listening. No, 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 no. I uh, Somebody cracked had you a little issue. And you got we, into it about the Reds. I'm a quick healer. All right. All right, uh, Preventive Diagnostic Center, jot the number down. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534-7900, PDCenterLV.com. Let them know Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio sent you. Get that free educational consultation. Comfortable scanner takes just a few minutes, and a few days later you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. It's pretty incredible that you can find out what's going on with your organs internally. I actually talked to Mike from there today. Because I have a friend that uh, just went in for a scan and got his results back. Heart CT scan, calcium score special, continues to run. $125, $600 value, significant other, absolutely free. Two of you getting your hearts checked out for a total of $125, $1,200 value. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. For the love of God, if you fall demographically between the ages of 40 and 72, you have no excuse not to go down to the Preventive Diagnostic Center under the watch of Dr. John Pierce. PDCenterLV.com. Let them know KT sent you. Folks, you'll be glad you did because there's nothing like getting that great scan reading back, Mr. Krivsky. Absolutely. Two years in a row. That's right. Got a few more to go. All right. So, Isco, you're up next as far as that goes. You and Hoekster. Uh, going to get you guys down there one of these uh, days. And there's someone else that comes on here, and I and they said Chris they were going to go. See, win. There you go. Another guy that definitely needs to go. I'm not going with Andy. You're not going to go with Isco. Oh. That's funny. I wasn't going to go with uh, see with Hoekster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So hey, how about a procession? Win, Hoekster, and Isco. All down to the I'll PD I'll drive them there. You, will you? I'll pick them up and take them there. All right. There you go. That's it. Right there. You're, Perfect. See? Will Oakster? you buy me some big chicken, too? Again, uh, and big chicken. <laughs> I, I'm in it, too. I'm in on big chicken. Anything right. Shaq's got, I'm in. Good stuff. Ken like gets it. Ken I'm gets a big a Shaq fan. Though. There you go. They're gonna wait till, I'm going to tell Shaq to have the zoo special on there at Big Chicken. Does he have a place here in Vegas, too? Yeah, or? he's got several. I'm, I'm talking about a house. Oh, yeah. He's, well, he's over there. I believe he has one of the uh, lifetime. They have a big lifetime housing uh, which is, you know, condos and everything right uh-huh. there next to the Lifetime Fitness. I think Fitness, he has a place near right Buckhead Valley in Atlanta, Ranch. somewhere in Atlanta area. I think he's got a place in every state. Yeah, I think Shaq yeah. has 50 Yeah, wherever, wherever, whatever he needs to do. He's who's going to tell, tell him no? Shaq's the man. He's got a place up in Botano, North Dakota. 
Yeah. Right by the border. Look, we, we, uh, we enjoyed the conversation the other day, me and the hoaxer. And, uh, you know, Mark was pleasantly surprised that Shaq actually came through, uh, you know, to come on. Cause the first time I thought he might come on and, and I was hoping. And then the last time I was pretty sure it was going to happen, but then, you know, he was busy and we're trying to coordinate and then they're calling my cell phone. So I'm in here hoaxers out there and i'm like hey and i'm trying to like do the show on the air i'm like and hoaxers like that's all well and good what do you want me to do so naturally uh we took the break hoaxer ironed it out and uh has got himself on in his, great shape on his too, way man. home though on his way home hoaxer pulls over and he just texts me he goes we just had shack on and i was like i was like that that was pretty he's cool. in good shape too and he oh, can. looks great yeah looks great good for him yeah, yeah he just did a professional wrestling match in aew a couple of years a few years ago had a, had a, almost almost got him in the ring with a big show. That was close. The diesel. The they big could, diesel. They couldn't quite pull that one off. They were he, trying. He, he could toss you, though. I mean, can you imagine him and Isco in a steel cage match? No. You would dribble me. <laughs> Palm me and dribble me. You would be dribbling by the time it's over. I'd be dribbling before it started. <laughs> and something else, too. I say uh, book it. I'm going to call Joe DeFalco a future stars of wrestling and Rocky Thurber. And All right. We'll, uh, Shaq and Isco. We'll see if we could get a line on it. Call Actually, I have to make my sure my medical insurance is paid up. I have a feeling it would end up being medical a insurance. Hell, how about life insurance? That too. <laughs> there you go. Let's get Rob, Rob Rishi. Get Rob, Rob Rishi. We got Rishi involved. This is a, it's a team effort over here at Sports. I don't Australia. think he would under underwrite me for that match. No. And, uh, and premium and, premium uh, will be at a premium. You know, and then after after Andy does something really mean to Shaq and hurts him, you know, you could uh, you know have him call uh, Panache. Oil and rubber booty. Very good. You remembered PSBR law. Good ah. stuff. All right. Uh, Orioles still 10 to 1 to win the series last I saw. That was a few days ago. We'll talk about it because we're going to do the baseball overnights to wrap things up. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM K Dawn. Tomorrow it is a true football fiasco, Friday football fiasco. Bob Golick joins me in hour number one. Lincoln Kennedy joins me in hour number two. And I believe Dan Saley will squeeze him in to get the other seven teams that we didn't cover last week as far as the <laughs> ACC. So it'll be wall-to-wall football, keep you updated on a bunch of preseason football games in the NFL. It is a final. Spain did win against the Netherlands 2-1 to in extra time. Same score that the Dodgers ended up beating Colorado 2-1. to There it is. If you had the Rockies plus a run and a half, line. good for run you. Line. Common but, scores! Yeah, there you go. Andy Isco and Common Scores. Isco, come on, man. Two eight, how about two eight nothings the other night? That was incredible. I mean, well, we only had eight games today, so there were no Common Scores. But so far for the year, it's been like about ninety percent. Yep, it's been, uh, days when there are at least eight games and bizarre scores. I mean, absolutely bizarre. Eight nothing. How does that happen in the first we two games? The, were in the books. Thirteen twelve or a twelve eleven. Twelve eleven. You had three of them. A few weeks you had, ago, you had 11, three, 10, no, 11, 10. 11, 10, three, three games. Three eleven tens. Yeah. All right, we'll get it. Uh, Get out here so we can get back and get through all those baseball overnights. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK. Don't stream and live on the Odyssey app. Live from Vegas, right back at you. Take the last train to Foxville and I'll meet you at the station. You can be here by 4.30 because I've made your reservation. And don't be slow. I'm the no-no. I'm the no-no. Yes, that was my sister, Val. She's a year and a day older than me. That was her first album, The Monkees. Remember most Davey of those Jones, songs. Mickey Davey Jones, Mickey Yes, uh, Peter Nesmith. Peter Nesmith. Mike and Nesmith. Mike Tork. Nesmith. That's Peter Tork. That's Peter right. Very Tork. Good. Look at Isco, man. He had the poster. Good team effort. <laughs> no, I had the same album. <laughs> that was it, The Monkees.
Good stuff. All right, uh, Hoekster spinning the hits here on a throwback Thursday, throwing it way back there. Uh, FedEx St. Jude Championship, top 70 golfers. Jordan Spieth leads it by a stroke over Tom Kim, minus seven, minus six. Sloppy conditions, but nonetheless, good showing there. Tied for third, Morikawa and Grio uh, at minus five. Morikawa, who, of course, transitioned from Japan to Maui with his family, said he'll donate $1,000 for every birdie he makes during this tournament, and there'll probably be a bunch of them. But what a horrendous goings-on right now in Maui. Our yeah. prayers for that beautiful island. Uh, I've been you know, texting back and forth with senior partner at PSBR Law, Brian Panish, who has a place over there at Maui, but and his place was still standing. But there are a lot that are not, and it is just devastating, and a lot of uh, – a lot of death now. We're starting to see the tolls. Last we saw, was, the number was at 53. And, Andy, you were saying there's a lot. I think it's got to go up right. because there's a lot God, of, it's so sad. A lot of I've burnt out thinking, areas that they haven't been able to get to yet because right. of the heat. Uh, it's just terrible. Heartbreaks for those people there. Boy, nowhere to go. Wind was just out of control. Fire got going. And, uh, again, our hearts They don't know prayers. how it started, right? Don't Power know. line or something? I, I would think that's, yeah, and that's, that, that's what happens when you get wow. storms like that. And, and the... You know, the hurricane, I guess, was, you know, still 800 miles away. Long but way the away. Wind, the winds were coming and just absolutely incredible and really fueled the fire. I have some good friends in uh, in Honolulu right now. That, wow. Yeah. Just Devastating. Awful. Devastating. Terrible. All right. Uh, on the Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard, crazy goings-on as far as CFL because it was 22-3 to Edmonton, the Elks. They had lost 21 straight home game, the old Edmonton Eskimos. Of course, they've changed their name to the Elks, not even Elk like for plural, but whatever, E-L-K-S. And they were up 22-3. to They lose the game. They still cover the game, but they lose by nine to Winnipeg, who storms back, wins at 38-29. to However, that is the 22nd straight home loss now for Edmonton. It's a once-proud team that won five Grey Cups. Warren Moon. With Warren Moon, that's right. Wow. All right, uh, let me go rapid fire here. Uh, by the way, just want to duck in. 91-73, Indiana beat Minnesota, WNBA, Seattle beat Atlanta, 68-67, and Phoenix beat Connecticut, 90-84. So all three ro- all three home teams, they were all underdogs, and they all won outright. Crazy, nice parlay. Yeah, it would have been a nice little parlay. Tomorrow, we've got six NFL preseason games. Won't get into those lines. Baseball, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Uh, there'll be Abbott and Ovedo, and it is uh, Cincinnati minus 122. Criv, real quick, do Ooh. the Reds get it going? Yeah, I think they can. Oviedo's pitched well for Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Tough matchup. Good pitching matchup right there. Hey, yeah, I, I happen to like Pittsburgh in that one. Uh, he has been pitching well. Abbott has uh, struggled in a couple of his last starts. And we got the bats going for those Pirates. Again, beat Atlanta today after trailing 4 nothing. Atlanta and the Mets, Charlie Morton, Tyler McGill, uh, Morton minus one seventy ten the total crib. Yeah, Atlanta in a money line parlay for me. Uh, I'd look over the total. Both starting pitchers, if they can get three four innings, they should get plenty of run support. Yeah, I'm, Charlie Morton has not been uh, what I thought he was going to be. Uh, Blake Snell been pitching outstanding baseball over the last month and a half. Uh, Ryan Nelson, who pitches better on the road, but Arizona in a tailspin to say the least. We talked about it, dropping twenty four of their last thirty one. Snell minus 170 on the road, nine-year total. Criff? Yeah, I'd consider San Diego in a money line parlay, too. AI? Yeah, not comfortable with the way the Padres are playing. Snell putting up too many base runners. Maybe I'll look over that one. Lance Lynn for the Dodgers. Gomer for uh, Colorado. Dodgers minus 330. They got it tonight, but didn't mm-hmm. cover the run line with Kershaw. Nine-year total. Criff? Yeah, big price. Lance Lynn's pitching well. Uh, 
pass. AI? Yeah, I got a pass, although Gomber has pitched much better of late than his uh, year-to-date numbers. Curry for Cleveland, Savali for Tampa, Tampa minus 208.5. Boy, Crib, hard to Ooh. lay 2-1 to one with Tampa. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's at Tampa, though? Yep. Uh, I'd lean their way. Yeah, Cleveland's struggling yeah, right now. Yeah, have to now. put Tampa somewhere in the money line. Savali against his old team, huh? Can't, can't trust him on the run line. School ball for Detroit. Sale back in action for Boston. Pair of lefties from Fenway. Sale minus 165. Nine-year total, Chris. Wow, big big price on sale first game back. Uh, but you and pass. I were looking at that. Where yeah. the first game back, the guys are sharp. Second game back, not so much. Right. Yeah, I'd lean Boston there. AI? Uh, I'd like to find a reason to play Detroit because I like the way they continue to uh, compete and Scoobles has been pitching well. Don't know what we're going to get out of sale, so i probably pass. Verlander-Houston, Detmer is at Angels in Houston. Verlander minus 198.5, Crib. Yeah, Houston in a money line parlay. Andy? Yeah, maybe that's the one that I put with uh, Tampa. Big game of the night. We'll have it right here. We'll be following it. SportsX Radio, Kyle Gibson for Baltimore at Red Hot Seattle. Castillo minus 142. Castillo is 7.5. Anytime I see Baltimore... You know, getting uh, plus 130, it's hard for me not to take them, but I'll respect Castillo at home. I'll stay away. Uh, I'm with Seattle. I like Castillo. Andy? Yeah, I'm probably going to pass. Gibson's in the better form, but Seattle has won seven in a row. I, unless I can find a strong reason to play on Seattle or a team that has uh, not won seven in a row, I'm going to pass. All right, I'm just going to run these last ones down if you guys have anything. Yankees-Miami, no line out of yet with Lazardo. Yankees undecided. Kansas City not deciding on who they're going to pitch against Wainwright and St. Louis. Minnesota's at Philly. Philly undecided, but they're still a favorite. Minus 158 against Dallas Keuchel in Minnesota. Blackburn for the A's. Uh, Aiden for Washington. It is the uh, Nats minus 110, nine-year total. Berrios for Toronto. Assad for the Cubs. Berrios minus 169, your total. Milwaukee at the White Sox south side. Burns back in action, minus 170, his second start back. Uh, eight and a half, your total against Kopech and the Palhos. And John Gray for Texas. Alexander there for uh, San Francisco. It is Gray minus 118, eight and a half. Kriv, I like them. I like Philly over Minnesota. I like them getting the Keuchel. Uh, with uh, would you say was starting for Philly in that game? They haven't uh, decided. Have I, still, I saw Sanchez somewhere. Okay. Yeah, that, I, I like the depth there. I like Phillies. AI might lay the run and a half with Milwaukee and Burns. Kopech started stru- struggled early, had a nice stretch of about five or six games back in June, and he's down since then. So maybe this is the time to uh, go with Milwaukee. Great stuff, Bob Beeler. Appreciate him, Boise State's voice. Andy Isco, Wayne Krivsky, producer Mark Hoke, going to do it for us on a throwback Thursday. Till tomorrow on a Friday football fiasco, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you live. PSBR Studios in Las Vegas. You've been listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson. God bless, folks. Have a great evening. Talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.